Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today, our guest is Alexis Diaz, the Managing Director of the G100 Network and General Counsel of the G100 Companies. Welcome, Alexis. Hi, Nicole. The G100 Network is a learning organization for CEOs, rising CEOs, and the senior executives they work with. Alexis leads the member development, retention, and marketing efforts for the firm. She also serves as the general counsel for the four professional services firms that make up the G100 companies. Alexis, I've given our listeners some insight into your role and background. Can you expand on what I've said and give us a glimpse into who you are personally? Well, I've been uh, with the company for a dozen years and started out as an attorney in private practice uh, before that and have really been able to do both the legal work um, that I love to do, but also start new ventures with the partners of our business and grow professionally and personally um, as we have grown our business. It's been a lot of fun. Anything you want to share personally? I am. I work full time and I volunteer uh, with the Aspen Institute and I'm also raising two kids with my husband. So it's a very busy time, but it's really fun. Alexis, which of your personal habits or strengths have allowed you to be successful in developing business? It's a great question. I think for me, it's really about listening and relationships um, and and over the years have learned to be a good listener and understanding what a person wants and needs and understanding the person as they are and sort of meeting them where they are. And, um, it's, it's, uh, that's sort of my approach. And I, I think it, it works. Yeah, it's a good one. What business development growth strategy have you employed and and what do you recommend to others? I call it getting and keeping. It's the nature of our business. Uh, G100 Network is a member organization of executives. It really is focused on relationships and a process of getting and keeping. Um, Others would call it acquisition and retention, but but I think it's very true for business development in general. It's very true for for the practice of law is to sort of get those relationships and foster them, keep them, keep them warm, and then continue to get others that are that are valuable and important to you. Excellent. So, what do you do tactically to make sure that you're keeping those relationships, keeping them warm, and then also, you know, what specific things tactically do you do to make sure you're growing your business? lot. It gets down to tactics very quickly and, um, you can't ever lose sight of the relationships, but, um, essentially you really need a process and a track and tracking, uh, to, to succeed. And for me, that's CRM. It's using technologies like Salesforce to develop leads and targets and a pipeline, uh, that you can cultivate and move people through until they say yes or no, or not yet. Um, and it's hard to create a process around that. It feels funny to create a process around relationships like that, but it's a discipline. I see it as a discipline and it helps me do the thing that I want to do, which is reach out to people, engage with people and, um, and listen to them. And if I don't have a process behind that using technology, I quickly forget to call that person when I said I would call them. Or I quickly forget that someone said, you know, in two years, we're going to actually be doing this thing. And maybe 
um, I have a piece of technology, Salesforce included, that reminds me in 18 months that I really want to ask them about how that project's coming along or how I can help with that. So you use ticklers and, and things like that that are available? Exactly. And primarily through Salesforce at Outlook. Perfect. Do you spend a certain amount of time each day or each week on business development or is it more, more ad hoc? So it's a great question. Um, wearing my G100 network hat, I spend 90% of my day on business development. I lead our sales team. So um, everything I'm doing is focused on that um, or some offshoot of that. Uh, with respect to um, just relationship building in general, I would say it's something that um, that just sort of pervades. It's sort of a strong undercurrent of everything I do um, to make sure that I'm taking notes and not forgetting that this is this is something I want to move along. That's great. So and and obviously you're dealing with so many high level executives. Do you use email more than phone? It's a great question. Uh, I think in general, you have to be an excellent email communicator, phone, phone skills and communication skills, and um, as well as in person. I always prefer in person. And then second to that, I prefer the phone. And then last, I prefer email, particularly for people who don't know me as well. Uh, I think things can be misconstrued on email and uh, it's hard to hear a, a voice or a personality, um, unless you know them quite well. So always first in-person meetings are, are, are the best. Well, I'd love to dive into a bit more about those in-person meetings, but I think you might bring them up in, in one of the next questions. Can you share a success story about a business development uh, situation where you, you know, had success? Absolutely. So, uh, and this will go into some of our other questions probably, but a success story for me was I was at a conference, a finance conference in California. I personally don't have a finance background. I was going to the conference to develop business. I was happy to be there, but I wasn't making connections. And I, I was looking at the agenda and there it was it was a huge conference. So there were, you know, 10 tracks, different things going on concurrently. And I said to myself, you know, I ought to be going to this session. I ought to be going to this session. And I spent the first half of the day going to everything I thought I should be going to. And finally, I I I stopped because I wasn't getting anything out of the conference. And I looked at the agenda and I started to look at the things that I wanted to go to that interested me personally. And then I sat next to someone that I had that actually was interested in the same subject and she and I connected. And then I took a break and I thought, well, I can't be taking a break. I went out to the sort of general meeting area and I sat down, um, in some shade just to find, um, it was California it was hot <laughs> and someone else was there in the shade and, and she and I met and actually it led to a huge sale for us, um, which was, uh, not anything I intended, but I was actually doing the thing that interested me most. And it attracted me to the people that I had something in common with. Um, and so I really recommend that to people in general. I was just on an interview earlier this week and someone else said the same thing. Find what is your passion, you know, and it could be within the constraints of the business you're in. Find what is your passion and, you know, that will 
lead to good things. So fantastic. What a story. Great story. Thank you. Let's put on your general counsel hat. So when you're evaluating vendors and partners for the G100 companies, what do you look for in those business development meetings? You know, it's a great question. And you would think that it would be hard for people to sort of stand out in that process, but certain people really stand out. And it is someone who is curious about my business and wants to know about my needs and challenges and my business's needs and challenges, and then remembers those. So there's continuity of a conversation there and over multiple conversations, they remember, they care about what it is that we're working on. And I think um, a number of vendors try and do a one size fits all. This is what we're offering. Do you want it or not? Um, Instead of really understanding what I need. Um, and particularly with respect to law, uh, there are so many nuances that when someone takes the time to understand what it is that I need and my business is facing, uh, it's, they really stand out. I love the word curious. Cause I think that's a, a great word. And, and obviously goes back to, you know, when you love a particular topic or you're interested in a particular topic, I think that shows, right. That shows that you're curious. And some of my best employees, by the way, are curious. (laughs) It's such a great quality, um, no matter what hat you're wearing or or who you're working with. Obviously, we have so much information available to us, and you can do a lot of research before you go into a meeting with someone. And I think that balance between the research you've done and how you're going to use it in the meeting, and then obviously being curious, right? So how do you show someone you've done some research but also want to hear from them. Any recommendations on how best to do that? It's such a balance. Uh, You know, you don't want to come in knowing everything about them and and thinking you have all the answers because that's also quite off-putting when you're on the other side of that. Uh, But someone who is curious, has enough background, has some, is well-versed, in the business uh, or the business in general, or just even sometimes current events and how those might be impacting the business. I think it's, I think it's important to be well-read and to, um, to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on out there, so to speak, because if you are curious about someone's business and you have a great grounding in what's going on out there, you can start to make connections and shed light on things for people that they may not have seen. And you can do that in an original way that can quickly, fairly quickly conveys that you can be a trusted advisor. So maybe you're not providing answers for their specific issue, but you are really coming across as someone that they want to trust and they want to bring their specific issues to. And that's really important in those first few meetings. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that's a great balance as well, which is a great lead into the next question, which is about changing market conditions. You know, as uh, all of us who have been working, whether you've been working, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, things change in the way we have to approach our work. In your opinion, how has business development changed, especially since the economy has you know, reacted, uh, I would say, from 2008 on? It's, um, it's such a great question, and it is always changing. So much of what we do, as I said, is not rocket science. It's about meeting people where they are and developing those relationships. But that becomes ever more pronounced when you are in... Um, an uncertain time or a challenging time. So really taking time to understand the why 
behind someone's motivation to buy um, is really important. And so when we had during the downturn, we thought that a lot of our CEOs would not want to stay with us uh, for membership. And we we were forecasting uh, some some attrition just as a budgetary matter for, for us and for them. Uh, but it turns out that we started hearing from our members that this was ever more important for them to be engaged with other CEOs and to be in a group where they could suss out this uncertainty and understand better what other companies are doing in light of this. So, so then as soon as we understood that or got hints of that, we could really reach out to new members and others and really say, um, here is why you might want to need us. So it's always sort of deeply, deep understanding of the why behind their motivation. Yeah, I think that's a great response. And that idea that the changing market conditions probably created an opportunity uh, for the G100. In your work in business development specifically, have you seen an approach that you would consider innovative? You know, it's interesting. Um, I think technology is a huge enabler of business development approaches in general. And I think it's underutilized. Um, so I, while itself, it's not innovative, um, it, it is the underlying uh, tool that really enables you to do much more and um, with your business development and to, to really up the quality of the development you do. So, but it's ultimately, it's still these similar themes. It's personal, it's outreach, it's conversation, it's engagement. Those are time tested. Those are not changing, but the technologies, the tools that enable you to do that in a much, much better way, I think is what, what I'm seeing change. Besides Salesforce and Outlook and email technology, possibly LinkedIn, are there other technologies that you recommend? You know, there's, uh, there's one tool, there are a couple of tools out there that will actually map relationships for you. Um, and that has been extraordinarily powerful. So I can take my database of contacts and map it against a database of people that I want to reach out to. And that tool will show me one degree, two degrees, three degrees, how I'm connected to those people. And, um, and then it will highlight the strongest relationships first. Um, and then the weaker, it'll rank the relationship strength, essentially. Those have been really powerful. Um, then you have to do some more research behind it. The tool's not perfect, but it's this quick glance at say, okay, I'm interested in talking with pers this person. How, how can I best get an introduction to that person? How can I best connect with them? So do you use that uh, method? Do you ask for specific referrals from your network? Is that a main way that you grow your business? Well, because we're a member organization, um, the best new members come from our existing membership because chances are the person recommending it is someone who knows what we do and and believes in what we do and therefore wants that person to be, a, they also know that person and know that person might be attracted to what we do. Um, so those are the best, the strongest kind of referrals. And they also the most, the longest lasting relationships that we get. That's great. And I'm assuming you're very specific when you ask for those referrals. Yes. And that comes through research and, um, and background work. So you really understand what you're asking of them and who, but sometimes it's also spontaneous. It's just engaging with them in conversation and someone will say, you know, you really ought to call this person. I was just talking with them about this and they might have real interest in, in 
that upcoming session. Um, so it's, it's just being there too, part of it. Excellent. So thinking back to when you first got out of law school and, and when you first, you know, were taking on your work responsibilities and, and my assumption is, and, and you can correct me, but that you spent, you know, those first years really getting to know, uh, your role and, and, and the work that you were doing. Yeah. But when you started to, to look at and say, I want to, or I need to learn how to develop business, were there certain things that you did or were, are there certain things you would recommend to others who are new partners or associates that are just taking on their business development responsibilities? I would recommend four things and uh, they're very specific. So I'll be specific. And I wish I had done all four of these. I think I didn't even know at the time what four to do <laughs> to develop business. I was mostly trying to develop internal business from my partners who I saw as clients for the most part. But once you start to go outside, I think there are four really important things. And I've touched on them already in this interview, which is one, do what interests you and you will meet the people you want to meet. Two, I would say find out about what it is that you love to sell and sell that. There's an aspect of your business that excites you or that's interesting to you. And that's the thing that you don't have to overtly sell, but that's the thing that you should know you love to sell um, because it won't even come across as selling. I believe so strongly in the group that we built. I don't feel like it's selling. I feel like it's an opportunity for someone to come experience what we do. Um, so figure out what it is that you love about your job or your profession and sell that. Um, uh, the third one is, um, and this is particularly true with lawyers, um, is to stop thinking about the clock for a portion of your conversation and even be transparent about that. Sometimes I can say to a, um, a client who is conscious that they're paying X hundred dollars an hour for this phone call and the time is ticking away that they don't really want to make small chit chat about um, what you did over the holiday. Um, so, but, but you can even be transparent about that. You can say, you know, before we get started on the business at hand, I just wanted to catch up with you and see how you're doing. This goes a long way toward developing relationships, business, um, and also conveying that kind of rapport that leads to a real trusted advisor relationship. And then I would say the fourth thing is to experiment, set a plan for six months and see what works and what doesn't and track it. You know, say, I want to try these three things. I want to stop thinking about the clock. I want to go to this conference. I want to take this person to lunch. Um, and see what kinds of things are actually effective and which ones aren't. Now, these things take time. So you may not know after six months, but you'll have a better sense of what you like to do. It'll also put yourself, you'll put yourself out there. Uh, so I think I would say that would be the fourth thing to really experiment. Great advice. And, and I have to say, I so appreciate hearing, you know, the first two comments, of course, which are so, uh, I think ingrained in, people that, you know, yes, you want to do what you love or sell something you love and, and really focus on things you enjoy. And then we go into whatever job we have and, and sometimes lose perspective on that. So what a fabulous reminder. And you can find it even within your job. I think that was the thing um, when I was an attorney was just finding it within your job. You sort of think it's not there, but it actually is there. And Alexis, this idea of not focusing on the clock and being transparent about that, I know in my experience, I've actually said to clients, I'd like to have a call and it's not on the clock. 
so that we can have a conversation that they're comfortable really talking a little bit more freely or having a lunch or a, a coffee that's not on the clock. Yeah. Love the last point about experimenting. I mean, fantastic. I think we all need to do more of that. I can tell in your voice that you enjoy what you do. You know, what do you enjoy most? It's a great question. Um, and it's actually something I've thought a lot about recently as our company has grown. Cause I want to, I want to make sure that we're not, we're always focused on the thing that helps us all of us individually succeed and helps our company succeed. And I would say genuine conversations. Um, I enjoy most, uh, with, with our, with my team, uh, with the executives who are in our membership. Those are always very interesting. They're hard to come by sometimes, um, just given the structure of what we do. Um, but it's, it's actually very much at the heart of what we do. So I really focus on that. Uh, I alluded to this earlier, which is, um, being well-read and having a good understanding of kind of what's going on out the, out there in the world, what's going on in business and, um, and then making connections in an original way, sort of trying to see things that other people can't see and, um, kind of surprising and delighting people when you make those connections, whether it's connections among people, oh, you ought to know this person or connections among, um, you know, very seemingly disparate topics, someone struggling with this capacity of their job, but they don't understand that it might be very related to this component of their job. Um, even just fun connections, restaurant recommendations or places to visit. These are things that build rapport and build relationship. And I just love, I love surprising and delighting people. It's fun. I want to give you an opportunity to share any last thoughts you have about business development, about your journey to where you now lead an organization within the business development area. Anything else you'd like to share? I would just say that business development is, is an integral part of everything you do and it's relationship development and, um, and it's okay to be deliberate about that. Um, you don't have to be overt and, um, and, but you have to have a, a system and a discipline and a desire to do it. And it reaps benefits in ways that you just don't know. Uh, it's not just ultimately about business development. It's about, um, everything you'll do in your professional life. And, um, and it's sometimes in the service of business development, but it's, it's really core to, um, to succeeding professionally. Alexis, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on Left Foot. Thank you. I have so enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot. Thank you.